here She broke him down on Freeway 9 Take a look at her engine started Leave a purr and then I roll on Bye, bye, bye Free love on the free love freeway The love is free and the freeway is long I've got some hot love on the hot love highway And going home cause my baby's gone She's dead She's not dead One of my all-time favorite office moments. Long time later. You're at, you've seen this one, right? This is when, when they're at a training and he pulls out the guitar and starts playing for no reason. All right, hopefully we'll have uh, Ricky Gervais on the show in moments. Welcome back to the Peter Rosenberg Show. I'm Peter Rosenberg, Daryl Francis. By the way, uh, just to get, get a couple things clear, uh, someone just hit me on the Instant Messenger. By the way, I said, this, I said this yesterday and I'm trying to stick by this. If you have an issue with something that you want to argue with me, I'd much prefer you to call me and yell at me, yell at me about it on the phone as opposed to yelling at me on Instant Messenger. He said, uh, someone I am me and said, uh, no, you're wrong. Um, uh, O'Reilly only said, O'Reilly only called him Alioto. Was that what I said he, said he called him? Mm-hmm. He only called him Alioto to make fun of what Kennedy said because um, Kennedy yeah, got Kennedy, it wrong. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, Kennedy yeah. did, except there's only one problem with that is that, first of all, I heard O'Reilly do it the day before. Literally, I heard O'Reilly do it here when I was leaving the station, then got home and saw Kennedy say it on TV. So it's not really that accurate to say that uh, O'Reilly was just mocking um, Ted Kennedy because that's not that's not uh, that's just inaccurate. So I'm just trying to uh, you know clarify my position on that. All right, so coming up a little bit, we're gonna play uh, me and Daryl's experience down at uh, Redskins Park. And of course, as we said yesterday throughout the show. Anytime you have anything to say about the Redskins at this point, we're happy to take your calls on it. 202-432-1067-800-636-1067. Rosenberg Show on your uh, AOL Instant Messenger. We did uh, put up the Sean Taylor. I got. I sent a lot of people yesterday the Sean Taylor uh, incident, and a lot of people, you know, said, "Wow, um, it does look pretty bad from that angle." And it did. At the same time, I hope I didn't come down as too hard on Sean Taylor. I mean, I do want to say I have no reason to think. Um, that Sean Taylor is a bad kid simply because of the experiences that he's had. Um, and and I, I don't want to be one of those guys who's jumping down his, his throat. Yes, there we go. Davey Munsell runs in here and tells me we have our uh, very special uh, guest on the phone. So before we get that, hold on. I'm going to pull up a clip that we play regularly. Because like I said, for a lot of Americans who haven't caught on yet to uh, what Ricky Gervais has, uh, has been doing, this is a clip we always play on the show. That's, uh, that's one of my absolute favorites. I'm an educator. I'm a motivator of people. I excite their imaginations. It's like bloody dead poet society sometimes out there. You know, at the end where they all stand on the tables, and you know, I wouldn't want them to stand on the tables. For me, literally, it's against health and safety for one thing. But my point is this: life is about communication. We live for three score year and ten, and it's did I communicate? Yes, you did. Did I get something across? Yes, you did. Are you going to pay me for it? Yes, lots. Thanks very much. Not why I do it, but thank you. That is a clip from The Office, one of my favorites. Joining us on the phones, absolutely, uh, in my opinion, pretty much the funniest person on the planet, Ricky Gervais. Thank you so much for joining us. Wow, what an introduction. <laughs> Ricky. I, can, I, I, I can only disappoint. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm setting you up for here is the, is the <laughs> bona fide yeah. disappointment. Uh, Ricky, yeah. first and foremost, man, I, I, I want to thank you. Me, uh, me and my girlfriend, I have a new girlfriend, I've been dating a few months, and I have to say, the office has actually become the backbone of our relationship at this point. 
And wow. I, I run into a lot of people who all they do, it's like there's a there's a certain, because as I'm sure you realize, and the office is a hit, and I haven't been to England in the last couple of years. Actually, I don't know why I said that when I haven't really been to outside of Heathrow Airport ever, for, for that matter. But that said, I know how huge a hit it is in England. Here, it's still kind of a, a cultish thing. Um, yeah, but- it's sort of, um, uh, in England, it's sort of like, it's sort of like bread and milk. <laughs> It's not that big, really. That's exact. No, that's the context that I've heard. You, you you go to the grocery store. You got your bread, your milk, and and your office. And, and you have to say you have to say something from the office. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how much? Tell me this. Are you sick of the office yet? Is it enough? No, I'm not because we stopped. I'd be sick of it if we were still going. I imagine. And the, you know, people like yourself. You know that. You know, as it's the backbone of your relationship and it's finite, I can't ruin your relationship. Now, if I came up with the third series, I reckon you'd split up because it'd disappoint. See, that's exactly how I feel. But my biggest concern is now <laughs> if, if, if things don't work out with me and my girlfriend, uh, the office could be ruined for me for life. Yeah, that, see, that's a worry. And that's something that scares me. And also, ex- what about Extras? Extras came out. When did you actually – Extras aired on HBO this past year. That's when, right. When did you no, actually no, did, do it? I think um, it only came out a couple of um, weeks earlier in England. I think we did uh, – I think it was July, August in England and um, September uh, in um, in America, I think, are, yeah. Are you going to give us a second season of the Extras? Yeah, or is that I'm writing it? that at the moment. Yeah. Uh, in, that's why I sound distracted. I'm literally writing at the moment uh, with my other hand. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, and that's uh, going to air here in the autumn and maybe at HBO at the same time. So, uh... and, and also, I, I want to jump out here and say this. I, I like to be honest during my interviews. This is one of the rare circumstances. I sort of hate having people this funny on the phone because I end up laughing the whole time. And I, and I lose my edge as an interviewer and, and just become a – what did you call me yesterday, Daryl, about the Redskins? A groupie? No, you called me a fluffer. You called me oh, a, red... a fluffer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't want to be a Ricky. You're, Ger- you're, you're, you're a man fan fluffer. I, I don't want to be a Ricky Gervais fluffer. I want to ask him the hard questions. Well, you're doing a great Very job of it. Over the phone. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, I could do it myself, and uh, uh, then uh... <laughs> in, in, in America, in America, they flip out if you if you self fluff on the radio. Uh, they hate it. Uh, so, Ricky, Ricky, tell me this: Why I'm, is... right, I'm writing? I'm holding the phone. I've only got one pair of hands. <laughs> Ricky, tell me why. Why are characters like David Brent, um, and me and my brother were talking about this, what, characters like, you got David Brent, uh, Larry David on Curb Your Enthusiasm, even Napoleon Dynamite, these guys who are, you root for them, and you love them, but they totally are neurotic, and they wear it on their sleeves. Why right now is that kind of character so popular, you think? Um, well, it- yeah, I suppose it's the, the, the comedy of um, embarrassment, social faux pas, the minutiae of life has uh, come into its own the last few years. I suppose we have a, 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 you know, a long spate of um, uh, bigger characters, slightly more obvious characters. There, there still are those around. You know, there's, there's still big comedies that are very broad, very broad brushstrokes, um, quite obvious comedy. You know, I, I, but I never wanted to be part of a comedy where... You know, the, the the hair and makeup had more chance of winning a, an Oscar than the writing. You know, um, and I think that uh, uh, a lot, lot, particularly um, in America, it's always been a model that, that I've um, I've admired the auteur. I admire those people that sort of do it all. Um, Woody Allen, you know, Larry David, uh, Gary Shandling. I've really admired those that, that do that. And uh, I knew that I sort of had to do it all to just get what I was thinking of on the screen. I didn't think I was the best writer or director in the world. I certainly didn't think I was the best actor. But I wanted to cut out the middleman. So, uh, you know, and there's a certain extent in me that goes, I wanted to say I did that. 
you know, uh, you know, I could say I did that, so and, and that's a nice feeling. And you know, it, it, it is certainly it's about the um, the creative process. But you know, the reward is good. The reward for me is not only knowing that it came out exactly as I imagined it, but that you know, it was. You, you can say that's I've done something, and everyone wants to leave a legacy. With me, it's 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 comedy. It's embarrassing enough um, being a, a comedian for a living. It's not like. <laughs> you know, being a war hero or a doctor. So the least I can do is, um, you know. Yeah, but what do you do? Well. What do you do now, though? And when you, when you, I'm sorry. I mean, and again, I don't want to fluff too hard. When you've contributed something that is as brilliant as The Office, I, is, I've always thought, like for example, when you walk out, you, you direct your American Beauty. Your John Singleton finishes his Boys in the Hood. When you walk out of this classic that you make, how does it make the next step scary, or do you feel like the opposite? You got nothing to lose at this point. I'm I'm doing Boys in the Hood too, <laughs> and it's it's I'm taking the uh, the Ice Cube role. It's very different. It's set in a middle class sort of white suburb where we're moaning about um, frappuccinos being too cold. <laughs> see, Daryl, I can see that. There, I... there there are no drive-bys. Well, we we have I have a chauffeur. I get my chauffeur <laughs> to argue with another chauffeur, and the worst that can happen is uh, you know I slightly bruise their ego. So you know it, it, it's very different, but. That's, that's what I'm going to do next. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I wasn't scared about it because I I, I wasn't w- worried about public reaction or press the first time round. And um, you know, you, you've got to give it, people what you want, not not what they want. If you pander and you water it down, you'll end up giving them what they've been given for the last however many years, and it, and it does nothing. You mustn't worry about people not liking it. You, you do it for the people that do like it. I know there's many people that hate The Office and love it, but I wouldn't have it any other way. When I first started, I said I'd rather this programme be a million people's favourite show this year than 20 million people's 19th favourite show. It doesn't interest me. The point of this, the point of life, is making a connection. Jesus, I sound like David Brent. Yeah, Over and out. <laughs> Goodbye from London. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you really did. That was a full David Brent speech we just got. I was gonna say, I, know. I was gonna say that at the end. And 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 uh, Ricky's a radio guy. So at the end of the interview, because I'm I'm thrilled to have you on. I was gonna I was gonna ask you to do me, you know, to give me like a, a radio a David Brent drop, you know, a David Brent clip promo sure. for the show. You almost gave me a virtual one there completely by accident. I know. Uh, what I'll was, never live it down. What was your What was your biggest break? I know you were I know you were doing some artist management stuff, and you were in radio, which actually mirrors my life. You know, well, you being you know hugely successful bit. now, it's a little different. But you you were doing a lot of stuff. What at what point? First of all, when in your life was the big break? And can you pinpoint something as you hit a moment? You go, okay, this might happen now. Well, I suppose the, in many ways, you know, getting the job on the the, the radio station um, gave me an outlet, which is very important you know, in life. I think everyone should do something creative. Whatever it is, even if it's gardening, doing a stand-up show once uh, a month, it doesn't matter what it is. Making model railways, you have to have an artistic outlet. I really think that you, you have to do that to feed to feed your to, to feed your soul. Um, and so that was, that was quite important. And, uh, you know, just coming up with stuff. Just coming up with stuff. And, you know, it was validated because it was, it was being heard. So I was always a funny guy. I always made my friends laugh in the pub, but then it just, it just, you know, drifted off, and that was the end of that. Um, but I suppose when you're doing it on radio, however small an audience you've got or or whatever, it, it sort of validates it. You think I'm doing this for a reason. Someone who I don't know is going to hear this, and they're going to like it or not. Um, the big break obviously was getting our own way with the office. 
But did you just pitch that to BB? Like, so I, I sort of envision at the end of Extras, the last episode of Extras, I sort of envision that being, you know, what things were like were you, with you at the BBC. Is with that a big accurate? Difference, with one big difference, we had a 20-minute show reel in our hand. We'd, we'd actually made our own little thing. Uh, it well, went back to where I used to work in my old office, and we filmed me doing this character. So I didn't have to pitch them that I could act or direct or write. I said, do you like this? They said, yes. And I said, right, um, I'm going to do it. And, and uh, you know, if that had been a script, it would still be in someone's top drawer. <laughs> How did, uh, here's my question then. You say, and I've heard you say this before, you're not the best actor, you're not the best director, you're not the best writer. You say all this stuff. I'm being humble. <laughs> I, I am the best actor in the world. No, I'm joking. Sorry. Go on. But no, but, no, but in, all, <laughs> in all honesty, though, you t tell me a better actor than you. I mean, I, I've never, I don't know that I can name a comedic actor who I've seen. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you right now. We rewatched because I watched The Office by myself, and I'm taking Alexa through The Office. We started at the beginning. Now we're, we finished the first special. And, I mean, I've... I've sobbed twice. You every time I see you, uh, every time I see David Brett beg for his job, I want to blow my brains out. I mean, you you are a real actor at this point. You have to admit it. Uh, uh um, yeah, uh, well, see, you've made you've got, I'm going red now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, sure. I'm writing extras. I'm talking to you. I'm fluffing. And I'm <laughs> a lot of fluffing going on. A lot, uh, again, of a whole lot of fluffing going on. <laughs> that's, uh, see, that's a that's a song. You want to you want to get a song. You get Carl Perkins to say that you have a song right there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and by the way, and Ricky, you'll be pleased to know. Last night, I was laying, I was laying in bed with my girlfriend. <laughs> Listen, I'm laying in bed with my girlfriend. We're watching The Office, and I go, you know, we've never had the conversation about who your one freebie could be. I, I go, you know, you you can have a freebie, and, and she and she looked, and this has to be incredible for you to at, at this point in your life to now realize this. This is a beautiful, twenty-year-old uh, American college girl. She looks at it looks at you on the screen. And looks at me as if, and I go, R Ricky Gervais? Ricky, you want Ricky Gervais to be your only freebie? And she's like, he's the funniest guy in the world. And I was like. Yeah, no, what she's doing there is she's choosing someone that couldn't threaten anyone. <laughs> like you That's go, what I oh, said. Go, if someone said, oh, I don't know who is Ricky Gervais? You go, oh, phew, I thought it was a real bloke. <laughs> So she's just being nice to you there. Well, exactly. I didn't want to tell you that I was incredibly relieved when she exactly, said that. Exactly, of course. Yeah. <laughs> you, wait, Ricky, you are, you're married, right? Yeah, yeah, how, well, I did, yeah I've got a long-term girlfriend. Yeah, sort how, of. How long have you guys been together? Oh, 20-odd years. So, yes, uh, I just, um, uh, not literally. We haven't, we haven't uh, done the, um, uh, the, the signing of the, the thing. But, there's, you know, we live together. It's, it's, uh, it's as um, tight a marriage as any other. So, yeah. Uh, how is it been? Has there been any stress at all from you being uh, the aspiring comedian, radio personality, everything you were? Because you guys have been together so long, to now being literally an international superstar. And I'm sure, no matter what you say, I know women throw themselves at you. And I know they look at you all the time. Has it created any? Has it put any stress on the relationship? Oh yeah, I think you're 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 wrong on both counts. There's no <laughs> one throwing themselves at me, and the only stress for me is that um uh I. I I suppose I don't really like being famous per se. Um, uh, you know, obviously, I, you know, it's nice being known for the work and respected for the work. But um, I've never been one of these people that couldn't wait to be famous so they could get into the front of a queue or to hang out with showbiz parties. I never do that because it bores me. You know, um, uh, so um, that's the only stress really. That I, I, I'm a bit conscious that if I walk down the street, people are looking at me. But you know what? It's not that bad. If people stop me, they say a nice thing, and they say, can I have my autograph? 
Um, but is it being is it annoying? Is it annoying to be called? I'm sure David Brent all the time. Are people calling you David Brent on the street? They don't know. They uh, you know they they know the difference between. Yeah, I um, guess I guess I guess people can figure, piece it all together. Uh, yeah, they know they know they know my name. Um, See, in America, in America, that's why they had to make the office here a little bit different. In America, people aren't smart enough to know that it's not a real documentary; it's a it's a fake documentary. I d- I disagree. I think the the people I've come across. Uh, in the industry, journalism, broadcasting, uh, in general, actors have been uh, cleverer and more erudite than the people I come across in England. Really? Uh, oh yeah, I think uh, uh, you know maybe the people that I mix with. You know, I've only seen a very small part of America. I've only seen New York and LA, and you know, I'm, I'm uh, uh, and I'm and I suppose I'm uh, mixing with the uh, uh, the cream of the crop in terms of um, you know TV making and stuff. But honestly. Um, uh, the, 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 uh, it's a myth to me that uh, uh, Americans are, um, are less discerning or stupid or don't get irony. But then, as I say, you know, the people I know in America are people like, you know, Larry David, and and uh, you can add me to that list now, by the way. Uh, yeah, I La- can add to Larry, name David, again? Larry David. Larry David. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and your name? Larry David. <laughs> Ricky, I don't know if people know this. Ricky and I are close friends. That's a huge. We, we uh, friends. Yes, I was joking. We are. You know, he goes, Larry David. You can add Peter Rosenberg to that list starting right now. Two hey, Jews. I will. I will. And you got uh, you got two Jews. I don't know how to spell it. I'm gonna add that. To That's the an list. ERG. That's an ERG. Okay, right. <laughs> uh, and what's what, this is a sort of personal question, but I'm curious because I found out recently that. Every flaw that I thought I've ever cured in a relationship to, to, for the next relationship, I haven't, in fact, cured. I know you've been in one for a long time. What would you say is the most recurring flaw you have a, as a partner in a relationship? Uh, well, this is going to surprise you, okay? And uh, I shouldn't really say this on air, but um, <laughs> I'm flawless. <laughs> there, I said it. It's out. <laughs> so sue me. Oh yeah, that I you noticed. Know, that's actually what I was expecting to hear from Ricky Gervais. You 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 wanted something really awful and salacious and confessional and almost embarrassing. I think you were relieved again that you didn't get it. I know, and again with with Ricky, you don't even have to worry about that being a possibility. <laughs> uh, at, uh, the, the Office is available currently in the states. The extras DVD is not out here yet, is it? Uh, no, that, that's, I suppose it's going to come out next year. But the the one thing that the um, people can tune in that, that I do every week now is the podcast. I, I and by the way, we've Ricky, been listening to that. Yeah, we 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 love the podcast. That's that's so much fun for me, just being in a room with uh, two mates chatting, and uh, you know it it takes us no time at all. But I really look forward to it, and uh, it's just lovely to. You know that people around the world are, and it's like the biggest listening to Carl Pilkington, the closest thing to a shaved chimpanzee you'll ever find, and uh, it's it's so exciting for me. I, I re- that's my favourite thing at the moment. And I it's think. it's the uh, it's the most popular podcast in the world, isn't it? Well, apparently, but I, I think that's I, I don't know. I think that's rather like saying I've got the biggest collection of tea cozies in the world. <laughs> I don't I don't think there's a lot of competition there. If you're willing to collect tea cozies, you can dominate. Um, so I think it's because it's an infancy, but yes, it is. You know, we're getting like uh, <laughs> about a quarter of a million downloads a um, um, a week, and uh, that's pretty good. That's a yeah. lot of downloads. And and you- they can they can go to um, uh, guardian.co.uk. Uh, and then, of course, Ricky's website is rickygervais.com. We're talking with Ricky, J- Ricky Gervais, the creator and star of The Office Extras. He has his uh, book series that's coming out, Flanimals, which will be available in the States soon. Yeah, and um, I'm, uh, I'm just been signed up to the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> Are you, what position? Uh, see... See now, he, I ruined <laughs> the show. Well, well, um, quarterback. 
knew I could get him there. <laughs> Goal, goalkeeper. Uh, wicketkeeper. He's wick- um, wicketkeeper no, no. for the Bulls. That's a big position. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Rick, hey, Ricky, last, couple, couple last questions for you. Um, how did you get the Don-Tim relationship just so right? Um, we thought about it more than any other aspect of the show. We uh, we knew where we wanted to go, and um, we went there, we pulled back, and then we went there uh, again. And, um, and then even in the edit, we toned stuff down, and we went back and... Drip fed it. We we just honestly we um um what's the word we uh, fussed over it. We mollycoddled it. We you know um, absolutely tended to it um, more than most people would bother. And uh, uh, that's the answer. Rewrites and rewrites and worrying and starting again. But um uh, yeah, and that that's probably what we're proudest of. Where, you know we we love the comedy and. I'm very proud of Brent and my performance, particularly the one you mentioned about the crying. Oh, that's that's probably my proudest moment in acting because it sort of felt like real acting for a, no, it, for it, about thirty seconds. No, it was it was very real. There are a few parts. I think the first part, uh, and for for people, you have to go out and buy the DVDs and, and appreciate this. But I think the first part when I, I really started seeing you as going far beyond comedic was when you give the most awkward speech in the history of office meetings ever when you basically tell Neil, Neil just sit back and watch I'm gonna go to work <laughs> yeah. and you give the worst the worst jokes uh, you know my, my, my parents used to own a paper store until it blew away yeah. just the worst jokes ever and then after the meeting <laughs> when Neil says David Brett ladies and gentlemen and he's just like whatever and just sits there staring at the ground <laughs> angry devastated. yeah I, mean, I wanted that shot I wanted to look straight in the camera like just through the crowd to show, to show that um, you know this is a real person, and it's just something so sad about a forty-year-old guy who's tried to show off. Thirty-nine. That it didn't work. It's just, it's just tragic, isn't it? Could I just say uh, as well um, how good the American Office is? I was going to ask you, do you like the American? I version? love it. I think they've done an amazing job. I think Greg Daniels and and the team and Steve Carell. Uh, just, uh, I think the Jim and Pam story there probably hit the ground running. Sort of, um, you know, quicker than we did in many ways, um, and uh, uh, it's it's brilliant. I mean, uh, with, with absolutely nothing to do with it, my top three sitcoms at the moment would be Curb Enthusiasm, Rest Development, and The American Office. Uh, I think it's it's uh, you know, and I can say that because of my very 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 limited and early input to it. For the last year, they've been on their own, and it's got better, if anything. Yeah. Um, I, I just. I've, uh, 10 out of 10. I think they've done brilliant. All right, we've been talking with Ricky Gervais. His website's rickygervais.com. He has the podcast every week. The DVD, The Office is available now. Extras you can watch on your HBO On Demand. Flanimals you can get at amazon.com. Flanimals. And, and I have a fridge freezer for sale, $400 or nearest offer. <laughs> hey, Ricky, I need you to do I need you to do a, 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 some sort of uh, plug for the Peter. It's called The Peter Rosenberg Show. Yep. I need you to give me something, a, a good long one that I can run as an intro here, something classic. I hate, uh, I hate uh, to put the pressure on you. Just some, uh, uh, so sorry, you want to do a what? How long? I, I just, you know, 20, 30 seconds. Just a rambling. I just need a great rambling. I'll run it every day as my intro. I just need something something good. Okay. Um, this, this guy, Peter Rosenstein, is one of my closest friends. I've known uh, uh, Rosie for, for, for many years now. And when me and uh, uh, Steve get together, we are, so we are just, uh, we're like two peas in a pod. So listen to uh, the um, Steve uh, Steinberg show uh, every day. He's amazing. 
Ricky, thank you very, very much for your time. We certainly appreciate it. We're rooting for you. When you come over to the States, we, uh, we'd love to see you. Cheers. Thank hey, you very much. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. That was, uh, that was Ricky Gervais. He's brilliant, man. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's embarrassing to sit there and just want to laugh the entire time. I hate being thrown off my game like that, but I just want to laugh at everything he says. You didn't mind fluffing. Eh, I'm not a bad fluffer. We'll be right back with our day yesterday at Redskins Park. This is the Peter <laughs> Rosenberg Show.